All right. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday, May 6th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin. And there's AJ Shulo and his new digs, man. I'm really liking it, AJ. It looks great, man. How's it going, buddy? Yeah, thanks, Adam. Uh, we were talking beforehand. I had all the equipment beforehand. I just am finally putting it all together. So um, for everybody that you know viewed my videos before with my lackluster background, thank you. Uh, it's even better now, and you can expect it to get better going forward. But uh, we're here to talk about PFL and Bellator, and I'm Always excited to be joined by you, Adam. You know, for me, man, it's like it's always the content that's the most important thing. But I'll tell you, man, when I had my old my old backdrop, it was it was terrible and I hated it. Right? Once I switched it over and I'm I'm down here now, like I've had nothing but good things that people have said. So I think it does make a difference, AJ. But ultimately, man, it comes down to like your content. And obviously, everyone knows that you know you put the work in. So um, today we're going to talk about Bellator 258 as well as PFL 2021 Week Three. Um, PFL card last week, all chalk, AJ. We did break it down with Cole. All chalk. I don't know if you made any, did you end up making any wagers on it or did you watch it or? I watched bits and pieces of it. I didn't make any wagers. No worries. Good yeah, event, though. You know, it's tough. Like, there's so much MMA going on right now, guys. Like, and it's so hard to focus on everything at once. So, yeah, I mean, and especially with the card last week, AJ, I mean, it was, it was almost all four to one favorites. You know, it's not like it was, there was this crazy value left on the board. So, is what it is. Um, let's start with Bellator 258, and we'll go through the card here. Pull it up on Topology, and then we'll go to uh, PFL. But we'll start with uh, Bellator. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I know you have some, you know, kind words to say about this card, man. It's pretty stacked. Uh, all these Bellator cards lately have been really good, I think. It's like they haven't had many cards, right? So they, they're just stacking them with as much talent as you can. There was obviously the um, Romero falling out of the co-main event, but Overall, man, I mean, this card looks strong. 12 fights, some good scraps. AJ, any, like, overall thoughts on this card? I know you like it. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. I uh, I do love it. Um, And it's not that I don't like the UFC card this week. I always like the UFC cards, but I actually think the Bellator one's a bit better for me, at least. Um, That might be a bit of a hot take, but, um, you know, I think that there's just a bit more name value here. Stakes are a little bit higher on this card. We got Anthony Johnson. Obviously, Romero fell out, but I still yep. think it's a great card. Archuleta, Pettis, uh, Michael Venom Page is always much watch TV. Uh, Patricky Fier, uh, Lorenz Larkin, and Patchy Mix on the prelims. Mm-hmm. And then you got Logan Storley, uh, Henry Corrales. I mean, these are just a few of many names on this card. So that's why the card does it a lot for me. I don't know how you feel about it, but it's I tremendous. think it's a good card, man. You know, someone who does, you know, watch Bellator, there's a lot of really good fighters in it, and a lot of them run the prelims. Like Storley's a good fighter, Corrales is a good fighter. Mix is a good fighter. Larkin, obviously, too. So this it's a good card. Uh, let's start with the first fight here. Eric Perez, former UFC fighter, taking on Blaine Shutt here. Um, Eric Perez, big favorite here, AJ, minus 500. Shutt, plus 400. Look at this fight. Uh, just your thoughts on this fight. Yeah, I think Perez probably rolls here. Um, I just think he's a better fighter in my eyes. Um, I know he's been a little bit inconsistent, but just stylistically, I think it's a good fight for him. That's why we're seeing him as such a big favorite. I think he rolls. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like, like 10 years ago almost, like this guy was like a really good prospect. And he was a guy we were betting on a lot and he was winning all his fights. And then just, I don't know what happened. Like he actually left the UFC off a couple wins. It was like a contractual dispute, I believe. So it's unfortunate because I think he's a talented guy, man. You know, he's only 31. I was surprised they let him go because at that time the UFC was trying to go into Mexico and stuff. They let him go. It was weird. This guy blamed shot. I mean, let's be honest here, AJ. I, I don't think he's going to even stand a chance with this guy. I mean, I don't mean what's his path to victory really. He doesn't really have one, right? So to me, uh, this is this is going to be Perez rolling. Probably finishes this guy. I would assume you thinking a finisher, AJ. Again, you know these big favorites, right? We we always like that angle of a finish. What are you thinking? 
Yeah, um, I could see a finish happening just based on the wide skill discrepancy, but just, you know, looking at uh, Schutz, like, losses here. Most of them have been by yeah. decision. Maybe there's something to it, but uh, there is just a chance that Prez is just so much better than him, and he just overwhelms him with his skill set. So, um, yeah. and, and that is a good angle to take in general, for sure. I'm surprised um, it's plus money. I'm looking at it right now. It's plus one, plus 170 under two and a half. So, yeah, if you, th- if you think there's a finisher, I mean, that's a way to go instead of laying all that juice, but... Overall, I think Price should roll. He could win a decision too. I'm not saying just go and bet it, but it'd be. It, I would rather take plus money on a finish than lay juice on a decision. And I'm pretty sure you'd feel the same way about that. Oh, 100. percent Yeah. So let's go to the next fight here: Weber Almeida and Johnny Soto. I believe one of these guys missed weight today, right? Someone missed weight. Uh, let me double check who it was. I think it was Soto. Someone came in a little bit heavy. One sec. Google this stuff. You're good. Yeah, Soto. But- yeah, it was Soto, right? Yeah, so right yeah. now, yeah, Weber is a big favorite. He was minus five fifty, Soto plus four twenty five. Do you see a, a path for this guy at all, or he came? And again, he came in at one forty eight point five, so he missed weight. Um, yeah, I mean, path victory. Everybody's got a puncher's chance here, but uh, I do think that the uh, favorite here in Almeida should roll. Just better fighter. Just kind of like the analysis on the last one. Stylistically, I think it's a good fight for him. That's why we're seeing him as such a big favorite. Um, but like we talk about uh, many times with these big favorites that maybe aren't as proven as some of these guys in the UFC, uh, don't me personally, don't feel as comfortable, uh, you know, as confident, I should say, throwing them in parlays, playing straight bets on them. I think I'll make a rolls. I'm going to sit back and enjoy it though. I'm surprised he's 33 years old and he's older than me. That's crazy to me because he only has four fights, right? So that, that surprises me. I got to be honest, but I mean, for what we've seen in Bellator, the guy's been just killing everyone and he should win this fight. I mean, it's another classic Bellator mismatch, let's be honest. So, yeah, I would say Weber wins. And, and what's him by finish? They think, look, the fight. Oh, it's, see, this one's under one and a half rounds, AJ. And, yeah. and, uh, it's a pick em, So, yeah, I don't know about that. I, I don't know if I would even bother. But, yeah, I think Weber rolls, man. So, again, I'm pretty sure, you know, people that parlay fighters are going to parlay him. And I'll blame them. Mm-hmm. He should win this fight. You know, um, let's go to the next one here. Corrales, Henry Corrales and Johnny Campbell. <laughs> Ah, uh, man. Uh, more lofty odds here, AJ. Uh, minus 900 for uh, Henry Corrales and plus 600 for Johnny Campbell. Um, outside of a puncher's chances, is there a path to victory for this guy? I mean, I think Corrales rolls. You know what's hilarious is before the odds were even released, I was thinking, like, maybe I get a reasonable price on Corrales. You know, he's been a, he's lost a couple fights recently coming off a split mm-hmm. decision, facing another experienced guy. No, odds bikers, you know, just gets way up there. Minus 1,000. Uh, you know, what can we say? I mean, Corrales, we know he's a great fighter. I know he's lost to Archuleta and Caldwell recently, but we know those guys are great fighters. Um, I do consider him in the upper tier of this weight class in Bellator. Um, he's got good wins on his resume. You know, Pico, uh, Caracani, very tested as Corrales, um, took Emmanuel Sanchez to a split decision. So I think, I think Henry rolls here. I think he gets it done probably by finish. I'm going to say, you know, I'll say like, this guy's got a lot of experience. So you know, we'll give him some credit for that. He's got like 40 fights. So that, I can respect that almost 40 fights. This last fight, he actually like, I think his ear fell off or something. It was crazy. Right. I don't know if you were, yeah, this one right here, I saw um, MMA lock of the night was talking about it. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. this is the fight. So ear injury. Um, yeah, that's scary. I mean, that's the last time he fought too. So that's scary. But yeah, I, I think he's going to get smashed, man. Um, <laughs> I mean, again, Classic Bellator prelims. It's huge favorites. Um, let's go to this one. Johnny Eblum and Daniel Madrid. And odds on this one. Uh, minus 440 for Johnny and plus 350 for Daniel. Any thoughts on this fight? Uh, Johnny Eblum should roll here. Just another classic uh, big favorite in the prelims. Um, 
And, you know, can we just say, I mean, they've been really cleaning up lately on Bellator for the most part, um, even in PFL. I know we had that card a couple weeks ago where like uh, Lance Palmer lost and uh, uh, Schulte lost. But I mean, for the most part, we're seeing this chalk clean up fairly well, at least recently. That's what most people remember anyway in this sport. Um, but anyways, it's this matchup. I think Eblin rolls. I think he's a better fighter. That's why he's such a big favorite. Um, yeah. And uh, excited to see how it transpires. I mean, this guy does have a lot of experience too uh, as opponent here in Madrid. He's been fighting since 2006. So, I mean, again, I got to respect the guy that's been fighting that long. Man. I mean, that's a long time. It's even longer than I've been watching it. So, I mean, that's a long time, you know what I mean? Um, and, you know, he did look pretty good in that last fight against Casey. He won that fight as a, I believe he was an underdog in that one. I uh, don't have the odds for it, but I remember he was an underdog. So, yeah, he's 37 years old, though, man. I mean, let's be honest here. This guy is going to come in here and probably knock him out in the first round. Again, what's the mm-hmm. under? <laughs> what's the under? Oh, well, actually, you know what? Under is plus 165, under two point under 2.5 rounds. That surprises me. I got to be honest. Um, Madrid, okay, let's take a look at his losses. Uh, knockout, knockout, all finished losses, man. Wow. Yeah, that's so that's a number you guys can look at. Um this this fight ending inside two and a half. This guy has been winning by decision, but I just feel like it's a this when the skill gap is that much, AJ, like you do see a finish sometimes, right? So that's kind of the, I think the way we'd be looking at this one. Absolutely. Even for decision fighters too, it could happen. You know? Absolutely. If- I agree. Mm-hmm. Logan Storley and Omar Hussein. Uh Logan or was he supposed to fight someone else? Like he had another opponent, I think, right? I can't remember now. Um let me double check on that. There's, there was yeah, a few right. games in this card. Yeah, he had someone else. Uh, Kelly's Mata. Yeah, that would have been a more competitive fight, I think. Um, this one, yeah, he's a massive favorite. He's the biggest favorite in the card, AJ. Boxing numbers, minus 1,500, plus 1,000 for his opponent here. Does this guy have a chance at all besides a puncher's <laughs> chance? Does he have any chance to stop this guy's takedowns? I don't think so. <laughs> I, yeah, Logan, I think should just land takedowns at will here. He's a better athlete, a better wrestler. Um, and that's why he's such a big favorite. His style is more reliable to kind of impose himself as sort of like a big favorite. I mean, you know, minus a thousand is one thing, but like, I personally feel more comf- uh feel better about laying a massive chalk on a guy that's going to play to his strengths and just kind of grind the other guy out. He's not playing around too much on the feet. Um, and I think he dominates here. I mean, this is just, you know, we had the perfect segue talking, touching up on the last fight going into this one. You know, Logan's generally a decision guy, but, well, you know, I take that back. You know, early early on he had a lot of TKOs. Yeah. Uh, more so in Bellator, he, you know, he's been to a decision a few times. But, I mean, his only Bellator loss was to Am- Amazov, who's fighting Douglas Lima. And it was a split decision. So, like, this guy super is super talented. Yep. Yeah, super close fight. I think he rolls. Um, and I think he can finish just based off we were talking about about the wide skill gap, despite the fact that this guy's been to decision a few times recently. So I think Logan rolls. Uh, his wrestling credentials are, are tremendous. If you're not uh, for the people that are, are listening that aren't already aware, very good for you, uh, folks on wrestling. I'm with you. I mean, like, okay, it's minus 1500 for Storley, but the prop on him inside the distance is minus 145, or the fight ending inside the dis or under one under 2.5 rounds minus 165. Like those are that's kind of what I'd rather look at here. Um, maybe some people look at decision because he has been winning decisions, AJ, but I just feel, again, this is a step down from uh, Amosov. Big step down. And I think he smashes this dude. I Probably, I'm thinking either ground and pound or submission, maybe. Um, don't know if I would play like a particular prop or anything like that, but I think he wins inside the distance, man. Pretty sure he does. Me too. All right, let's go to this one. Uh, Patchy Mix and Albert Morales. This is another great fight. I mean, this fight is awesome. Morales, former UFC fighter, he's a very exciting guy. Uh, right now, odds for this one minus a thousand for Patchy Mix. 
plus six fifty for Morales. Um, do we do we feel pretty uh, good about Patchy Mix in this one? Oh, dude, I love Patchy Mix in this spot, and I love him in general. I mean, like you know, the loss to Archuleta, dude. I mean, like, look, it was to Juan Archuleta, who we'll get to. He's a very talented fighter, and even in that fight, he had success in rounds one and two. He took down the NCAA Division One wrestler in Archuleta, took his back, held him for multiple minutes. That's very impressive, despite losing. Um, his cardio, he did slow down there, but we know Archuleta is such a cardio machine, and it's only three rounds instead of five. And perfect segue from last fight going into this one. You said uh, a step down in competition, which with all due respect to Morales, a former UFC veteran, I just think that Mix is going to be able to take this fight to the ground. Um, he's very strong in the clinch. He's got a, a power double leg uh, takedown against the fence. He's also very big for the weight class mix. Five foot 11 at 135 is, is pretty good in my opinion, at least. Um, I like that he trains at Extreme Couture. Um, and Morales just looking at even his UFC fights, right? You know, we saw him against Manny Bermudez get taken down easily from just a poorly shot takedown. Uh, Bermudez reversed him twice on the ground, eventually pulled guard, got a submission. Um, and he's even been submitted in one of his uh, recent losses in the uh, uh, Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz three card. Um, so I just, I don't trust Morales' defensive wrestling and grappling enough to keep the fight standing where in theory he has an advantage, but he's been rocked in plenty of fights too. So I wouldn't count Patchy out there. Uh, but I think that Patchy in all likelihood is going to take this fight to the ground, take the back. He's also very good at taking the back while standing and, and probably get a rear naked choke here. I'm with you on this one too, man. I think he wins by submission. Uh, there's no submission prop. The fight's not going to distance minus 285. Yeah, I think the odds makers see that it's probably getting inside the distance. He's going to get him down and he's probably going to stop him. So that's what I'm looking at there. Patchy makes inside the distance. This guy's legit. He's really good. It's too bad. Like these guys are, uh, Patchy's not in the UFC. I think he'd, you know, be, It'd be some good fights for him, man, at 135 in the UFC, but it is what it is. He's in Bellator. All right, let's go to this fight. Lawrence Larkin versus Rafael Corval. And Corval is taking a short notice, filling in for Costello Vance Dinas. And uh, Larkin, small favorite here, minus 210, Corval plus 175. Uh, man, I like I like Lawrence Larkin a lot. What are you thinking? Yeah, I do too. Um, I think he is the rightful favorite here. Um, Carvalho, um, he has a chance to win in theory. He's going to be the bigger guy here. He's going to be longer. Um the thing, though, is we have seen Larkin in sort of a similar style matchup. You know, we saw him face Neil Magny. It was about five years ago, a guy who's six foot three, a guy that has an 80 inch reach. And we know he finished Magny in round one. Very hard late kicks uh, from Larkin. Very dangerous. I like those oblique kicks. I think he's a more varied striker here. I think he's more technical. Um, and, you know, despite the jump up and weight here, I do think that his strikes will be landing with more power. And, you know, we talk about size with Carvalho, but I actually think that Larkin will have the speed in his favor. I think he'll be a little bit faster or maybe even significantly faster. And just his arrow seems to be pointing up. I know that they're both 34, but Larkin just has more momentum. Whereas Carvalho, like the thing that stuck out to me a lot on tape, and this isn't everything. I don't think physique is everything. But if you look at his just body type from like the Musasi fight, he's just very ripped. And then it just seemed like you know, his motivation is seemingly decreasing. Maybe I'm reading into it a little bit too much, but just his his physique has kind of progressively, I mean, for instance, like he, that was the last time he fought Musasi prior to this weigh-in today was the last time he made the 185-pound limit. He missed weight a couple times. He had to fight at catch weight. And we know that he had to fight Vadim Nemkov at heavyweight. So um, it's nice to see that he made the weight today, but I still question his like motivation, maybe coming back after getting cut, fires him up as the former champ. But uh, I'm with you. I think Larkin probably wins. Um, I think he can win by stoppage. I think that's possible. Um, and yeah, he's just another guy that we talk about. Definitely capable of being in the UFC. Uh, we know that the wins he has on his resume. We talk about Magni, Masvidal's on there as well. Santiago Ponzinibbio. But 
Um, we know that, you know, he had to, you know, he wanted to leave UFC in favor of Bellator because of, you know, probably the, the money, or the money, the opportunity. Um, it's not that he's not talented or anything like that. Just like Mix, another guy that's just a tremendous talent that uh, is on the prelims just to speak to how good this car really is. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I pretty much agree with everything you just said, man, honestly. Um, you know, Larkin, I've been watching him his whole career, man. I've been watching him for over 10 years since he was in Strike Force, And I will say his chin's not the greatest. You know, he's been knocked out a couple times. Um, this fight was a knockout loss. Here's a knockout loss. So he's been KO'd. Paul Daly, that was a big upset, I think. Yeah, he was minus 300 in that fight. So that's the worry with Larkin because he does leave himself a little bit open at times. But, I mean, the guy offensively, AJ, he's a lot of fun to watch, man. Those leg kicks, the punches. You should roll here, especially with Carvel taking on short notice. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, last prelim here, Raffian Stotts and Josh Hill. This is a great fight. Love this fight. Josh Hill, Canadian, plus 180 here. Raffian Stotts, plus, uh, minus 220 uh, favorite. So what do you think with this one, AJ? Yeah, I hate to go against uh, the Canadian fighter here, but Stotts, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> Stotts is going to be my prediction. But, you know, this is a, a fairly competitive fight, I think. You know, Hill is very tested. Hill has fought Marlon Marais twice, you know, former World Series of Fighting guy. I do remember his name. Uh, it stuck out to me because when I was tape studying Mar Marlon Marais for his UFC fight. So that this was a fight that stuck out to me again. We talk about these other guys in the prelims, but this is another fight on, on the pre preliminary card that um, it, it just speaks to how good this card really is. So um, I think Stotts, Stotts probably wins, uh, but I expect a, a good effort, good valiant effort from, from Hill. Um, I think they'll test one another. They're they're amongst the the higher tier in the respective weight class of Bellator. So, um, yeah, should be a fun fight. But I, I side with Stotts here. How about you? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, it just sucks because I, I like Josh because I've been watching him forever, man. Like I was at these events, score fighting series. I used to work for this company and I was at these events. Um, this was in Hamilton. Yep. Remember this card? Jesse Ronson was on the card. Rick Glenn was on the card. Lice, like a lot of guys ended up in the UFC. I think Kyle Propolik, was he in the UFC maybe at one point? I think he was. Jason Sago mm -hmm. was. Yeah, so it's crazy. Like I remember him on this card. Like I've, I've seen this guy fight for the last 10 years, man. So I have a lot of respect for Josh. But I got to pick against him here. I just think it's a tough matchup, man. Um, although he's looked good lately. Let's give him that. Josh Sullivan's looked good lately. That was an underdog win in his last fight against Perez. So he's capable, AJ, of making it competitive just with the grappling. But... I just think Stotts is a little better everywhere, and I think that's the difference in this fight. So I, I would pick Stotts, too, if I had to pick someone in this one. All right, let's go to the main card here, AJ, and we'll start with this fight. Michael Page, Derek Anderson. A lot of people are critical of this matchup. I, I completely understand why people would be upset because they're tired of watching Michael Page beat up on guys they don't know. But I will say Derek Anderson's a good fighter, you know, so don't lump him in with some of the guys that Page has been beating up. I think he's a little better than those guys. Having said that, I still want to see this guy fight, you know, someone like Larkin. Like, why is he not fighting Larkin? That to me, that doesn't make a sense. Like, they're the top, they're two amazing fighters on the same card. Why are they not fighting each other? Anyways, AJ, as far as this fight goes, minus three ten for Page, plus two fifty five for Anderson. You think Anderson could pull it off, or are you? Uh, would you lean towards Page as the favorite here? I lean toward Page. Um, you know, Anderson is definitely a step up relative to the competition. Page has fought his last couple bouts. Um, I understand. I think people want to kind of in general fade page because we have seen holes in his game because, you know, the hands down style, we've seen him taken down easily. We've seen him struggle to scramble off his back, but until I actually see a fighter on tape that is able to impose themselves in those areas that could exploit page, I'm going to be picking on his side. Most likely again, I know he, ha we, we have seen him get exploited, uh, by Lima, um, even the Paul Daly fight, even though he yep. he won, Paul Daly still took him down, made it competitive. Um, but I think that one of the big things that sticks out to me with this matchup 
is I think Page is just going to be so much faster. I don't know if you got the same vibe on tape, but like Anderson is just pretty flat-footed and lackadaisical, I'd say. Like he'll throw a nice one-two combo, but his footwork isn't very good. Um, he doesn't seem to carry a ton of power in his strikes. Maybe he could have some success with low kicks against Page, but I just think Page is going to be able to play his outside game, utilize kicks. Um, you know, if, if Anderson wants to blitz, play, Page is probably going to look for the right-hand counter like he typically does. And Page has got the length advantage here like he typically does, speed advantage. So, um, of course, Anderson has a puncher's chance. Um, I have seen him wrestle and grapple in the past, but I just I don't think he's an elite wrestler grappler. I've seen him taken down easily. I've seen him put in vulnerable positions on the ground uh, more than once. So I think it's Page's matchup to win. Um, I think that he'll probably get it done by decision, actually, just because um, even though I'm not doubting him to finish, I just think that Anderson never being knocked out in 20 pro fights, uh, to me, speaks volumes that he's durable generally. Um, and I could just see, you know, Paige just being content to play on the outside, landing one strike at a time, kicks to the leg, and just, you know, kind of getting by on points. So um, I don't know if you agree with this. this I, I thought your breakdown was excellent, man. I really did. That's a great, that's a great A breakdown, AJ. Nice job, man. Uh, I agree Thank with you. everything you said. I really do. I, I'm with you. I think, like, if he fought a guy like uh, Logan Storley, I would pick Logan Storley without hesitation um, just because of the grappling. I don't know if Derek's got that elite grappling, like you said. I think he's a decent gra- – I think he's a decent MMA fighter. You know, he might be the better overall MMA fighter. I will say that than Michael Page because I think Michael Page is extremely one-dimensional. I'm not really a fan of this guy, man. I got to be honest, just because I feel like he doesn't want to fight good fighters, and it's sad looking through his resume because man, he's been in, he's been in Bellator guys since 2013. Like it's not like he's new to Bellator. AJ. He's been in there for eight years, and you look at his resume and some of the guys he he beat in Bellator years ago, Ricky Rainey, um, Charlie Ontiveros. These guys ended up in the UFC before he did. You know, because this guy just you know, other than the Lima fight, he's he's really never fought anyone good and and, and daily, I guess. And I, I, I don't know. I still have a lot of questions about him. I do think he wins this fight, but he's just not a guy I'm a huge fan of, AJ. I, I, I like guys that like to challenge themselves. I like guys that like to step up in competition. This dude wants to fight unranked fighters and beat them in impressive fashion. And to me, yeah, it's cool to do it a few times, but it's kind of gotten boring, I think. And I think a lot of fans are bored by him. You know, when I, I put that uh, tweet out, I think a few months ago, saying – you know, this guy, he has legitimately, he has zero wins over uh, top 10 opponents. Although I guess Daly might be ranked now. But at the time, he didn't. And yet he was the number one contender. It just speaks volumes to, you know, how overrated I think the guy is. But I do think he wins this fight. I just don't think he's, if he fights Lima again, I would pick, I pick Lima the first time. I'd pick him again, you know. So that's what I'm thinking there, AJ. I, I don't know. I, I, he's an exciting guy at times. But to me, Fight someone good, man. Fight someone good. And I, I don't think Derek Anderson's that good fighter that you wanted to see fight. Right, let's go to this fight. Patricky Pitbull, not Patrice, so Patricky's brother. Against Peter Quelly, who's a Conor McGregor disciple. And uh, Patricky's a big favorite here. Minus 275, Peter Quelly plus 235. What are you thinking here, AJ? I think Patricky rolls. Um, I just think that when we watch tape on these guys, it's pretty clear to me who's got the faster hands. That's Patricky. I think he hits harder. I think he's more technical. Um, and even though we're used to seeing him just be content to kind of counter-strike, I think if this fight, for whatever reason, hits the ground, I think he's a much better grappler, a BJJ black belt, whereas Quirley, uh, or Quealy, excuse me, <laughs> uh, has been <laughs> he has been taken down. I have seen him mounted more than once. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I would favor Patricky on the ground. Um, 
The only thing that makes me nervous for Patricky at say maybe this line is he is low output and not so willing to wrestle. So maybe just um, maybe there's a scenario where it plays out for 15 minutes. Patricky's not able to hurt uh, Peter for whatever reason. And it just, maybe the judges favor Peter because he comes forward a little bit more, a little bit more aggressive, but just, I've seen Peter hurt more than once. I've seen him nearly knocked out. I I think it was the, I think it was his most recent fight, nearly knocked out from a head kick, just like almost gone. Uh, I've seen him hurt to the body as well. Um, So I think that Patricky here, uh, even though he's uh, in his mid thirties, so is, so is uh, Quayley. Um, And I just think the speed is still compelling, even if we maybe don't want to think or don't think right now that he's, you know, been say in his prime, uh, but he still has been performing at a high level, um, the brother, uh, Patricio Pitbull brothers. I mean, they're going to bring their a games as always. I think Patricky most likely comes out here and probably gets a stoppage, uh, TKO, I would say, how about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much in agreement with you. I mean, I will say that, yeah, there's some risk with this guy. Cause I have seen him lose his favorite multiple times in his career. Another guy I've been watching for a long time. So he can be inconsistent at times, but and he's looked pretty good lately. Um, in the last fight, that was the second fight in one night. That was that tournament in Ryzen. So I can give him a pass on that one. That guy, Tofik, this guy, Museyev, he's very good. And like mm-hmm. this guy is a guy that I think a lot of people want to see in the UFC. I don't know what happened to him. He hasn't fought in two years. That's so weird. So hopefully he can come back. I know COVID happened last year, obviously. Maybe that's the reason. But hopefully this dude can fight again because that guy's really good. So to me, that's not even a bad loss. And yeah, I mean, he's, like you said, AJ, the, the much more proficient striker, I would say, in this fight. Um, judges, if judges could come into play, maybe Quayley can win a splitter or something, but I don't think so. I think, I think, uh, Patricio rolls. I won't say he's as good as his brother Patricio, but he's, he's a damn good fighter in his own right. Okay. Let's mm-hmm. look at the co-main event. Ah, oh, man, I gotta be honest, AJ. When I heard that fight was, was canceled. I was so sad, man. I was really looking forward to seeing Rumble and Romero. Can I get your pick in that one? Now that the fight's been canceled, what were you going to pick in that fight? Do you know? I was going to pick Romero based on the activity factor. Right, um, right. that's fair. How about you? I, I liked Rumble just because he's training at Sanford, and you know I bet on literally every fighter that trains at Sanford. No, I'm kidding. He actually looks he looks incredible. Uh, you saw this the way in today. Um, looks mm-hmm. like he's taking the game very seriously, motivated. Um, and again, you know the four year layoff obviously is a massive concern, but Romero to me has not performed very well lately. And I was I was thinking Rumble could possibly finish him, uh, or maybe even just you know kind of grind, uh, win the decision on points. But I don't know. I'm gl- I'm kind of glad the fight didn't happen because it would have been a huge coin flip anyways. But yeah, I wanted to see it happen. You know, I'm so, sorry, as far as like a bet goes, because I think I would have bet on Romero and I would have been shitting my pants during that one. But uh, yeah, uh, or sorry, Rumble I would have bet on. Sorry. But uh, yeah, e- either way, we got a new fight here now. Rumble against uh, Jose Augusto Azevedo. Give this guy some credit. He's taking the fight on like a week's notice against an absolute monster in Johnson. So I'll give the guy a lot of respect here. But he comes in as a huge underdog, AJ, plus 370. Rumble's minus 465. You expect Rumble to roll? Absolutely. When I watch tape, um, and I'm just going to assume we're going to get the the best version of both guys, even if it maybe isn't true. That's just how I typically assess uh, fights, just because it's tough for me to gauge otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're a big Sanford guy. You you brought up that that's where Johnson is training. He looks in tremendous physical shape. When he got into bodybuilder, peak bodybuilder shape, like he was just so muscled up, and he's ex- in, in extremely good shape, but it's more lean, lean muscle mass now. Um, you know, very easy to tell his abdomen. But anyway, it, it tells me at least what I'm trying to say is it tells me that he's taking it seriously. And that's always been the thing that we kind of question with Rumble is he's he looks incredible. He looks amazing. He looks like a new guy, honestly. Yeah. Look, and I love to see man. it. Amazing. Yeah, me too. Keep going, AJ. Sorry. No, no, no. You're good. I'm glad you brought him up because 
that's the thing that has been kind of hindering Johnson. You know, he lost to Cormier in part because of, well, again, when he, when you weather that storm and then you, when you get him to slow down, put him in a compromising spot on the ground, we've seen him submitted in, in the vast majority of his losses. I, he has a loss on there to Burns, but it was like some weird circumstance, but basically all of his losses are by sub. And so my only worry with Johnson in this matchup is the layoff or maybe um, uh, Jose is able to survive an early storm, but Johnson is the much better athlete. He's got reach here. He's the more technical striker. He's more varied. Um, and I think he's going to be way faster here. Um, when I watched the Jose on tape, the thing that makes me nervous is he's just so flat footed and hittable uh, head doesn't come off the center line. And I think for a guy like rumble who for people that are more so newer to the sport before Francis and Ganu, it was Rumble Johnson was that guy that was just getting all those knockouts, right? So we, I know we know that, but I just oh, yeah. letting everybody else know. Um, so I think Rumble most likely goes out here, gets a quick knockout because he just looks like the better fighter from the eye test who's far more tested and he's a better wrestler here. But if Jose, for whatever reason, is able to get this fight to the ground, he is a good submission grappler. He does train with the Pitbull brothers, a BJJ purple belt, but it doesn't do him justice to how good he is with his submissions. He could threaten guys from the front headlock, uh, pass his guard in the top position. Uh, I do think he's a varied submission threat, but um, for him to impose that ground game, I think he's going to have to uh, overcome Johnson's threats early on. And I just think that Johnson is just going to basically overwhelm him probably get a knockout um and we'll see how johnson i mean he's just another guy in this tournament who's a legit threat to win this thing i mean this light heavyweight tournament has an abundance of talent johnson's no different um we'll see how it shakes out but i think johnson rolls yeah and i like that plus 700 odds on him like a month ago i don't think you can get that now because the tournament started but before it before it began he was like a big underdog now he's getting an easier fight but I will say this, man. I think this is a dangerous fight. He's, he's even said that this week. He's like, this guy's coming in with nothing to lose. And, you know, he's coming off a four-year layoff, Rumble is. So that is a concern with the cardio and everything. I would just, again, he's training at Sanford. He looks amazing shape. So I'm sure he's going to be in peak condition for this fight. But his ground game's not good, man. <laughs> like, he does not have good submission defense. And his takedown defense is not amazing either. But his submission defense is a huge issue. So if this dude does get into the ground... I think he could submit Anthony Johnson. So I'll say that, but I expect Rumble to knock him out in the first round. I mean, let's be honest here. That's probably what's going to happen. There's no props on – Uh, there's two – I only see two props. Let me refresh. Maybe they've added some more. That's weird. Okay, I'm, I'm sure they'll add some back. I'm just looking at best finals. They have Rumble inside the distance, minus 245. Decision plus 485. So they're they're leaning towards a, uh, a, 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 a finish in this fight. But, man, that decision prop, plus 45, I mean – that's crazy to me, even though I don't expect it to happen. It seems high, though. Got these comments. Damn, I was. I remember yesterday I bumped the MVP three years ago in London. It was very nice. Since then, he's fought Paul Daly and Douglas Lee, only two noble fights. Yeah, you know, he's. I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I just like to see him fight a better competition. Respect to Romero, Bellator for not allowing Romero to fight if he's not healthy. His eye had some uh, issues. And like you said with Bisping, when he fought Calvin Gaston, that fight should have probably never happened. All right, let's go to the main event here, AJ. Juan Archuleta and Sergio Pettis. Uh, great fights. Uh, Pettis, obviously, has been performing well in Bellator. And then I think Juan Archuleta, for my money, is probably one of the more like, underrated fighters in the sport. I think he's great. And uh, he's his favorite here. Small favorite, minus 190, plus 165 for Sergio. Any thoughts on this fight? Yeah, high-level fight. Um, I think this is a tremendous booking. Uh, like you said, Sergio's been on his run in Bellator. But um, I think Archuleta's probably going to win. I think he's the rightful favorite. 
I like his pace that he fights at. He's just got nonstop cardio for five rounds. He could, you know, strike in volume. He could wrestle in volume. We were talking about him earlier, NCAA Division One wrestler, BJJ Purple Belt. We know he's got good submission defense because Patchy Mix was on his back. Uh, nobody's been able to really weather that storm uh, recently, at least. Um, and I just think that, you know, Pettis, I I will favor him as a technical striker. I think he's more technical. He's just cleaner with his punches and, uh, you know, Taekwondo background, uh, Rufus Sport kickboxing black belt is Pettis. We know that that's like his strength. Uh, but I actually think that Archuleta can maybe even best Pettis on the feet, not because of the technique, but just because of his superior volume, power, and movement. Um, we know Archuleta's just got this nonstop movement laterally. Um, and I just think that can maybe give Pettis, Pettis fits, uh, kind of like, I guess, a, a loose-ish example, Kelvin Gaslam versus Robert Whitaker. You know, Gaslam couldn't really settle and sit down on his punches to land on Whitaker because Whitaker was constantly moving. Maybe something like that happens here. Not saying that that's exactly what's what's going to materialize, but um, I, I do like Archuleta. I mean, I think this fight probably goes the distance because they're both historically tough to finish. And um, even though I do think that Archuleta has the power advantage, I just, Pettis is historically shown to be tough to put away. Um, but yeah, I think Archuleta, his pace is wrestling, uh, probably be enough. And even in the clinch exchanges as well, I think it'll probably be enough for him to, to get the nod on the, the scorecards. Uh, how do you see this one? Uh, once again, AJ, I honestly feel the same way as you in this one too, man. I, I, my, in my mind, Archuleta wins on points in this fight. Um, I'm convinced that's the way this fight ends. And that is plus 105, him on points. But you never know. I mean, he could win, you know, inside the distance too. Minus 190 is not a terrible price for a guy like this. He is a great fighter. You know, this is like a championship-level fighter. I think if he was like in the UFC, AJ, he'd, he'd probably be a bigger favorite just because I think more people know who he is. Um, but again, AJ, like you said, people that watch him may know how good this guy is. And I don't want to sell the Pettis too short because I'll say this. Like, he has pulled off a few upsets. Um, Joseph Benavides fight. I didn't expect him to win that fight, man. You know, Brandon Marino, that's another fight I didn't expect him to win. So he has pulled off the occasional upset. And stylistically, he could have some success on the feet. But overall, once again, AJ, it's not striking. It's MMA. And I think Juan Archuleta is the better MMA fighter. So I got to go with him in this fight. Um, I will say this, though. We pretty much leaned towards all the chalk. I know you obviously can't give any of your bets or anything like that. I'm not going to ask you to do that. But do you think there's going to be an upset in this card that we're not going to see coming? Because it feels like we're we're like, oh, chalk's going to roll, chalk's going to roll. But is there someone that is there something we've overlooked here? Is there anyone that you think that you know could pull it off? I guess you could say. Um, I mean, I think that for some of these bigger underdogs like they're so more they're more so relying on that like one punch path to victory so like can it happen would i be surprised if it happened i mean it, it could happen i'm not doubting the outcome but like i just think that when when i assess fights i just kind of assume uh you know no flukes really happen i'll factor it into yeah. my handicapping process but i'll i'll just assume that they sort of don't happen more often than not and just kind of favor who's the better round winner here so um Maybe, maybe we're kind of questioning it a little bit because, you know, it, it just seems so, um, Straight so like stat yeah. yeah, status quo to, you know, just pick all the favorites. But, like, after doing our homework, this is just sometimes what happens. I'm um, with you. You know, there, like we talked about, Pettis, he can win in theory if he just keeps it standing and um, maybe he just gets the better of Archuleta. I mean, all these guys have passed victory. You laid out a path to victory for uh, Carvalho. Maybe he, you know, hurts Larkin or um, – 
yep. you know, leverages his length, something like that. But, um, you know, we're talking about, you know, probabilities here. And I, I know that not everybody listening maybe totally understands that. Uh, but when you sort of play this game so many times and you see all these upsets happening and, and all these sort of outcomes happen, like that's how I, I we prefer to do it. You know, set percentages, think of it as a game of like multiple different ways it could play out rather than just, you know, pretending as if the outcome that we saw was the only way the fight could go down. So uh, can any of these underdogs win? They can, but um, I, I think that our, our predictions are solid here. I really do. I, I agree with you. I will say that if I had to pick like a live dog in this card, it would probably be this guy right here. It w- probably would be Azevedo just because he literally has nothing to lose here, man, coming in on a week's notice. And Rumble with the four-year layoff, who knows how he's going to even perform inside the cage. Again, I expect Rumble to roll. He's a huge favor. I'm just saying he's even said himself this week. He's like, this fight is more dangerous than Romero because – I don't know anything about this guy. And again, he's got that dangerous submission. But, you know, looking at the rest of the card, I mean, I guess Carval, like you said, with the knockout power. But, like, on these early prelims, AJ, I, you know, these guys are on roll. So that's what we're thinking of this one, guys. Uh, I'll take these comments. Daniel's got one. Pettis, a former flyweight. Yeah, that's another thing. Archelaus fought at like 145, too, and he has good wins at that division. So, all right, let's go to this card here. This actually takes place. 530 so it's coming up really soon aj uh pfl <laughs> week three crazy i know we, you know what it's okay we'll talk about this card so this fight was booked on short notice uh, magomed umalotov and kyron bowen really short notice fight let me get the odds for it um right now um, uh, umalotov minus 900 bowen plus 540 i'm not really sure why i was booked on such short notice but any thoughts on this fight I mean, it looks like a, a walk in the park for this dude <laughs> yeah, Umalatov. Uh, yeah, let's just continue on with the trend of massive favorites, right? We're, we're going to get to even more. Uh, but yeah, I think he rolls, um, you know, minus 900, not interested in parlaying. I know that that's a lot of people's style, uh, but but personally not mine. I, I would rather just see these guys develop and maybe down the line they get booked in a fight where the odds are more competitive and maybe I think they should be a bigger favorite than they are and maybe bet them then, but not not in this matchup. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think you can pick him, pick this guy here in the spot. Again, he's not a puncher's chance, but I don't think he wins. Um, a lot of Sharol. Next fight here, women's fight: Taylor Guardado and Helena Kolesnik. Um, pretty close odds for this one. AJ minus one thirty for Guardado and uh, Kolesnik plus one ten. Any, any thoughts on this fight? Um, not really. <laughs> just only because... one. <laughs> yes, a million dollar prize. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, and it's just like, I mean, when we look at this tournament, it's just like Kayla Harrison is just head and shoulders above better than everybody. And that's why we see her is just, you know, not to spoil too much about what we'll get into in her matchup, but just that's why she's just such um, like, yeah, I mean, we can make a prediction here, but what it boils down to is just like, uh, and when I am going to side with the favorite favorite here, but what it boils down to me is just like, I don't, until I see a fighter that could maybe uh, put a halt to maybe not, maybe not all of Harrison's takedowns, but like, enough to maybe keep the fight standing for extended periods of time or that the other fighters got a straight, a striking advantage. It's going to be tough for me to assume that another woman is going to beat Kayla Harrison in this tournament. She's just so dominant with her style. And um, I think whoever wins this matchup is just, um, you know, if, if it's, if it's not Harrison, maybe somebody else, but I just think it's going to be tough to dethrone, um, you know, the most marketable fighter in PFL in, in all likelihood. Oh, I agree with you. I don't think she's going to lose. I think she'll win another million dollars. I will say this about this girl. Like, so, she was an amateur for years. She fought Rousey. She fought Pennington as an amateur, Ashley Evans-Smith. And then she became pro years later. Like, she took nine years off between fights. So there is something here to like, I think, about this girl. I think she's uh, a little bit one of those, like, hidden gems. Um, so, yeah, I mean, at that price, I would I would roll up the favorite. Even though I know she's 0-1 on paper, guys. 
she does have a lot of amateur experience. And I remember the article that uh, John Morgan wrote years ago about her two years ago, maybe and saying how like she took all the years off and now she's ready to go. But again, uh, well, low level women's fight, man. You talk about low level women's fights. I mean, that's, that's one right there. I think Larkin loses tomorrow. Moving up weight class against another striker. Yeah, he's going to 185, which uh, we should mention. And Carvalho is definitely a powerful dude. So we'll see. But he is taking a short notice, which worries me, man. Um, I think Larkin wins. But I, again, you know, it, it wouldn't. If there, if that was the upset of the night, that wouldn't shock me because Carvalho does have a clear path there. Um, let's go to this fight. Mo Derees and Dennis Goldsoff. Uh, Justin Willis was supposed to fight Goldsoff. Now Derees steps in on like super short notice. Uh, odds for this one, AG, minus 610 Goldsoff, plus 425 Derees. Uh, it is a heavyweight fight, so more of a chance of variance, but uh, you expect Goldsoff to roll? Yeah, I expect him to roll. Of course, uh, Derees has uh, a puncher's chance, especially at heavyweight. And um, like you, you said it right there. I mean, like the, the one punch sort of knockout scenarios are much more likely to happen at heavyweight because these guys are so big and powerful and uh, most of them aren't the most technical. So uh, you get some, some of those finishes more likely to happen than say it's some of the smaller weight classes, but um, yeah, Goldsoft wins. He's got a clear path of victory in all likelihood. Um, like, like a lot of these chalk heavyweight favorites, it's not something that I want to feel comfortable about, you know, especially considering like just, the, the Curtis Blades, Derek Lewis uh, thing. I was on Curtis Blades there by points handicap. And, um, you know, and sometimes we just get surprised, like sometimes, like it makes it seem like it's so likely, like this guy's going to go out here and land takedowns. But um, just like we even saw with TJ Brown last week, like it seemed like, oh, so obvious, like take Kamaka down. Kamaka was taken down by Pierce. But um, it happens from time to time. And if you, if the heavyweight wrestler chooses to keep the fight standing, then it makes that knockout path to victory even more likely, right? So um, that's kind of how I feel about it. But yeah, uh, Goldsoft probably rolls. I'm with you completely on this one too. I mean, he should roll, but again, it is heavyweight, and this guy doesn't punch his chance. Uh, let's go to the next fight here, AJ. Sin- or sorry, Jenna Fabian and Laura Sanchez. Go through this one quickly. Uh, Fabian right now, minus 185. Sanchez plus 160. Any thoughts on this one? Uh, just very inexperienced fighters here below five pro fights. Like just like we always talk about, just don't want to do anything from it from a betting perspective. I think Fabian probably wins, but um, it's just, yeah. We'll yeah, see. no interest at all in this one. I have no interest either. I wouldn't. Um, this is, are you kidding me guys? Like, come on. You can't say that you have an edge on anyone else with this fight. You know what I mean? Like we barely know anything about these girls. Um, this girl's one pro fight and she won by knock on. She's three years old. I just don't like. What, if you're 30 years old, why are you making your MMA debut? Like, you think you would have did something else by then? You know what I mean? Maybe this girl, maybe she's a good fighter. We don't know. That's what I'm saying, AJ. Until we see her fight at this level, I, I can't do it. I guess I'd lean Fabian, but I mean, this fight, no, I'm not gonna even touch it. Not even looking at it. Um, Cindy Dandois, Caitlin Young. This one, I okay, I got a little bit interested in this one. Just I want to hear your thoughts on it because Caitlin Young right now is favored. Minus 175 and Dandwa plus 155. And I got to say, man, I think those odds are crazy because I've watched Caitlin Young fight her whole career. And, man, she's not a great fighter. She has a 500 record. And Dandwa is a decent-sized underdog here. I think she can grapple her. What are you thinking? Yeah, that would be Dandwa's path to victory is in the grappling realm. We just know she's not – she's never been very comfortable standing. Um, yep. There's that very notable fight with Alexis Davis in the UFC where uh, <laughs> one, you know and done. I mean? <laughs> one and done. Exactly. Yeah. So um, that would be how Dandua wins. Um, she's like you said. She you could maybe trust her in the sense more that she's at least been in the UFC. She has 
more wins on a resume, less losses, but like um, her wrestling isn't elite by any means. If she had, if the fight goes to the ground, she's got that advantage, but um, it just comes down to whether or not she could get the fight to the ground. I think so. Um, Striker versus grappler. I could see the path of victory for the underdog. This is one of the more likely underdogs to, yeah. to win as we're talking about here. Cause yeah. we're just laying out a path of victory. So I yeah. could see it. And I'll, I'll likely I, I would lean towards Dan Dwight. I, I don't know if I can bet it. It's, the fight starts in like an hour. I don't think I can do it guys, but that's the way I'd lean in this fight. I, I've watched Kaylee on a fighter for an entire career. This fight against Misha Tate is very famous. She had a head kick knock. She won a one eight tournament. Like, so he's been fighting a long time, man. But you know, all that years in the sport, a lot of damage. And she's a girl that's been knocked out quite a few times. She's been she's easy to take down, I think, too. I know she's won lately, though, so maybe she's improved that aspect of her game. And Dandwall coming off a long way off, um, had some personal troubles as well the last couple of years. So I'm not totally sure. But I think, AJ, like of all the underdogs we've talked about, this one seems like one with the clear path to victory with the grappling if she can get it down to the ground. So that's the way I look at that one. Uh, let's go to this fight. Auntie Delia and Bruno Henrique Capazola. Capaloz, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> Delia. Minus 495 and Capaloza plus 395. So this guy, Delia, I think he had signed with the UFC briefly. And uh, for some reason, it just didn't happen. Yeah, I think, wasn't it supposed to be in the UFC? Gone? Yeah. You're right. He was supposed yep. to fight gone. Yeah, last year. And it just, I don't know what happened. I think he stole the contract with PFL that they had to fulfill or something. I'm not sure. But yeah, I mean, this guy is quite good. And he's a big favorite here, AJ. What's your thoughts on this fight, man? Yeah, another heavyweight that's just a massive favorite here. Um, Deliha does have grappling, though. And maybe I'm a little crazy, but we didn't get to see the fight play out. But I actually thought he had, like, a legit chance to beat Gon just based <laughs> on the fact that we didn't, we didn't like, see Gon, like, defensively grapple. And maybe his defensive grappling wasn't great. It was just more so an unknown. Um, I'm not doubting Gon. I think he could maybe one day be champion. But anyway, uh, Deliha, yeah, I w- I'm actually impressed with his tape. He's a solid wrestler, solid grappler in top position, good with his top control. Um, serviceable striker as well. Um, think he's a better fighter here. Probably rolls. Um, you know, I would say maybe he's not as susceptible to getting knocked out as some other less experienced, less durable heavyweights, but it still can happen. Um, uh, every other heavyweight, every heavyweight fight now that I'm looking at it has big odds where doom's the, you know, in the most narrow fight. And even he's like minus two fifty. I'm seeing on some books. So it's just yep. like, ah, you know what I mean? Like, ah, yep. you can only be so confident. I'm with you in, in general. Like I say, you know, there's so many fights to bet on guys. Like every week we have so many fights to bet on now. It's like laying juice on heavyweight fights is so dangerous. I think AJ, because again, we talk about it of all the weight divisions, the one where the, the flukes happen the most, isn't it a heavyweight? It's a heavyweight. The one punch you don't see coming a fight where guys dominate and gets one punch. So that's the worry about laying juice. I mean, this guy should roll, obviously. He should probably knock this dude out, I would guess. But again, um, at heavyweight, everyone's got a puncher's chance. So laying minus 600 is rough. Uh, but I do expect a lot of people to just parlay this dude, and I think he rolls. Um, Laura, Larissa Pacheco, former UFC fighter, taking on Julia Payek. Some crazy neck tattoos there. Um, yeah, so Pacheco, huge favorite too, AJ. Minus 525, plus 415 on Pyjack. Any thoughts on this one? Uh, Pachaco probably rolls. Oh, yeah. uh, she's better fighter. Um, and like, honestly, even though it was a loss, it's impressive that she went to decision with Kayla Harrison because Kayla Harrison literally finished. Um, well, every, well, the other time she fought uh, Pacheco, it was a decision as well, but every other fight Harrison has had as an MMA fighter has been uh, by finish. So that speaks to this girl's toughness, yep. her composure on the ground. Um, and yeah, you have to think that she's going to be one of the fighters that, 
Um, I didn't look at the bracket where they are in the seating, but like if she's on the opposite side of the bracket as as Harrison, I could see her maybe being the one that meets Harrison again in the finale. Um, again, take that with a grain of salt because I do not have the bracket in front of me, but um, she is tough. She's very, very tough. Um, and, and I think she is quite possibly the the second best fighter um, in, in this lightweight tournament. So I think she probably rolls. Um, I think it's probably going to be by finish. And um, yeah, she she looks like a, a solid talent, I'd say. I mean, she's good, you know, I but I it's like she's not a great fighter, man. I remember I remember betting her in this fight. That was a terrible, terrible play. But a lot, at the time, this girl was coming off a nice win over Aldana. I remember these fights. Like, we thought that she could beat Andrade and Duran, and she didn't. She got smashed. But she has good wins. Like, that's a good win. Irene Aldana, that's a top five fighter in the world. Carol Rosa is a really good win. That girl's really good. So this girl's – and then Sarah Coffin's a good win, too. So, like, she's talented, man. She is – and I think you're right. I think she's probably the second best fighter in Pajak. I don't know a lot about her. Three, you know, um, six feet tall. So she's a big girl, obviously 23 years old, has some stoppage wins, but you know, it's a step up in competition against an experienced fighter. Maybe this girl could surprise us. We don't know a lot about her. She's a bit of an unknown, which always makes it tough to handicap, but Pacheco is a good, solid fighter. She should win. All right. Mohamed Usman, Kamaru's brother, Brandon Sales, uh, for this fight, the odds minus 430 for, uh, Mohamed. Usman and sales plus three forty-five. You think another Usman gets another knockout in this fight, AJ? <laughs> another Usman gets another knockout. I like it. Yeah, I do. Um, he's still really green at this point, but like, um, he's got potential. I could see it. Like, maybe I hope one day we do get to see him in the UFC. That would be really cool. But at the same time, we might not. Um, yeah, but I think he rolls here as it pertains to this matchup. Um, it wasn't that long ago where he lost to Dontel Mays, but still i think with these less experienced guys with like 10 or less pro fights like they, they get significantly better each and every outing since their loss um and i think that's probably the case here with uzman um physical freak former football player i believe um i think he probably gets his hand raised here um i just think he's a better fighter than than brandon sales yeah no i'm with you on this one too again it is heavyweight guys we keep saying that but there's a reason we're saying that it's because there's more randomness that happens at heavyweight, but let's be honest. This guy, this guy's 40 years old, AJ. <laughs> like, again, you know, I don't know what compelled this dude to come back after a long break, but, you know, he's 40 years old now. He wants to win this fight. I don't think he does. I think he gets smashed. Give me Usman by knockout. What's the problem? I got to check the prop. Usman by knockout. Minus 138. You have to lay juice. I hate, I don't like laying juice on props. Um, that's dangerous. I don't like that game. So don't think I touch it, but, you know, he should win. He should roll, AJ. Uh, two more fights here. Uh, here's the, your girl, Kayla Harrison, against Mar Mariana Morais. And I mean, she is a, once again an astronomical favorite. AJ, I don't think we need to talk about this fight too much. She's minus three thousand, plus fifteen hundred from Rice. Here's my question for you: How does she win the fight, decision or stoppage? I'm gonna say stoppage, even though um, you know, uh, her opponent here, uh, Maras, has been uh, losing decisions recently. I just think that well, actually, she has one arm triangle uh, choke loss in 2018. I just think that. Um, our point that we'll keep talking about is just when you see such a wide gap in skill on the ground, especially, I think that uh, we do see those finishes materialize. You know, Harrison, um, she's just so physical and just such a strong grappler uh, credential-wise that she's just going to be able to dominate these fights. And the big price on her is warranted. The last big favorite that we saw this big was actually Magomed Magomedov in Bellator when Bellator started back up uh, this year. And you know, the, these dominant grapplers, I just, we just trust them much more to really impose themselves rather than just like a striker that, you know, maybe say just has some power uh, just because 
you know, what if they don't land that KO shot? Whereas if you get the wrestler on the ground, they get the top position. That just leads to more opportunities to win rounds, get top control time, pass the guard, and work for a stoppage. So, but, but what I'm trying to say here is, is Harrison is just probably going to win uh, on the ground because she's. I just think she's going to be too much for Moras, unfortunately, for Moras. Yeah, I'm with you completely. I mean, it's juiced. Minus, under one and a half is minus 250, which is crazy. Fight doesn't go the distance, minus 600. Um, Harrison by submission, minus 105. Harrison by knockout, plus 130. I'm leaning towards a submission, AJ, but it could be ground and pound. But I'm, I'm convinced she does finish the fight and her inside the distance, minus 450. So still not a good price, but compared to minus 3,000 for that money line, uh, it's a better price. But yeah, I mean, these huge favorites... If there's there's no value on them at all. Minus three thousand, she'll win the fight, but you have to like really put all this significant amount of money to see any sort of return. And it's it's, it's just too like you said, you gotta draw the line somewhere. And minus three thousand is a little past the line. All right, main event for Bruce Verdum and Hannah and Ferreira and uh, Verdum. Like you said, a shorter favorite uh, than compared to the other fa- uh, big favorites here. The heavyweight minus two forty. And Hennon for a plus 200. Uh, what do you think in this one, AJ? You think this guy's got a chance at an underdog? These guys fighting were doom, um, I think, always have a chance as an underdog. Not so much because they're more skilled than we're doom, I think, but just because we're doom, we've seen it. He just doesn't always take fights that seriously, like his title fight against Stipe. Like, even if he took Stipe seriously, I'm not saying Stipe still couldn't have knocked him out or whatever, but just how how it happened. Like, just recklessly running at Stipe, running into counters, getting knocked out. Uh, we saw the Alexei Olenek fight. I know that, you know, he said he wasn't training a whole lot because of the whole like quarantine situation. He was doing like, uh, like zoom training calls or whatever, but like, he's still a guy that just seems like he almost like, doesn't take it that seriously. Like he was making that very like famous face and <laughs> <I> got, <laughs> I'm going to pick him to win because I think he's the more skilled fighter. If this fight goes to the ground, I think he could just get a quick submission. He's just so excellent as a submission grappler as we've seen through the years. Uh, but if he wants to, <laughs> there it is right there. Yeah, um, this guy, I know, right? Oh, it's just like so goofy. Man. And like, so, but like for Hera here, um, and the thing is like, yeah, where Doom is, <laughs> he's coming off like a nice win. And like, I could see why his stock is high and why people think he's going to win it all and everything. But like 43 years old, um, he's just so like susceptible to counters and he's hittable and everything slower. Just he's been getting knocked out and hurt more and more recently. Like for Hera, he's got a chance to win on the feet because not just it's a heavyweight fight, but like also because Radum might legitimately struggle to get the fight to the ground. And for Hera's got a huge reach here, 85 inches. And dude, I was just about to say six, eight, 85 inch. I don't think who else is an 85 inch reach. That's longer than Jones and Scrooge, who I think yep. are 84. This guy might have the longest reach in MMA. I, I can't think of anyone else with a longer reach. How the hell? 6, 8, 80, That's what I was going to look at. I was just going to point that out, AG. That's insane. Holy crap, this dude's long. So, yeah, I mean, it, yo, dude, if he keeps the fight standing, I think you'll have a good chance to win. Um, and I think that a lot of people are counting on that. He does have some experience, AJ, against some decent competition. Not great, but decent. Um, Jared Vandera is in the UFC. He's not a good heavyweight. He's like a lower ranked one, but still, he finished him. This Brett Martin fight. Brett Martin's actually a very good prospect at heavyweight. Um, and he finished him, but it was uh, legal punches, I guess, to the back of the head. So it was a DQ. Um, and then he also fought that Marrero guy who's just got the worst chain in MMA probably and lost to him. That, that's a worry. Especially if he got armbarred, right? But it's five years ago. I don't know. Let me take a look at this guy's Instagram quickly. Uh, let's see if he's got anything that we can see. I mean, he's just a big, strong dude, AJ. Sorry. I'm the, 
it opened in a different window. Like he's just a he looks like a big strong guy. You know, he's a big dude. Um, yeah. He's a big dude, man. He really is, guys. So that is look at this guy. This guy's so tall, man. I'm six three, AJ. I always feel like I'm taller. Look at this guy, man. Look, there's Jocker Ray, and look at this dude and Machida and uh, <laughs> Alan uh, Patrick. I think that's his, that's him, right? You entered him. Yeah. yeah, he's fighting your boy Mason Jones next. They just announced that too. Um, yeah, this yep. dude's huge. I mean, maybe he does give Verdum problems. Yeah, yeah. Risk. I'm with you. Verdum's mm -hmm. one of those guys that is. It's kind of hard to like lay juice on him, but as an underdog, he's a decent bet sometimes. Like when he fought Fader, like when he fought Gustafson. Everyone wrote him off against Gus because of that fight with Olenek where, like he said, he showed up out of shape. He didn't look motivated. But then he goes out there and beats Gus, and then PFL gives him this big contract. Now he says he's motivated again. I'm just – I'm not super convinced. I think this guy, Ferrer, is honestly a live dog here. For Doom, 43 years old, one of the, one of the oldest guys in the sport probably right at the highest level. So, yeah, I mean, if he gets the fight to the ground, he'll probably submit the guy. But I, I feel like it's going to be harder for him to get this guy to the ground than people are thinking. It's kind of crazy. like. I almost feel like they gave him a harder fight than some of these other guys, like Goldsov and stuff. Like I feel like some of those guys' matchups are a little bit, you know, easier. But uh, yeah, uh, it should be good. Um, we got two minutes left here, AJ. Uh, I know that uh, you'll be betting on UFC this weekend. Uh, last week I asked you for a live dog. You told me TJ Brown. I mean, let's be honest, he probably shouldn't have won the fight, but he did end up winning for people listening to you. So I'll give you credit, AJ. I picked Jacoby, who uh, went to a draw. Can't remember who picked Cole Pitt, but do you have a live dog for this week's card in UFC? For UFC, um, there's a lot. <laughs> so yeah. I know I said last week, there's you told me to just give pick me one. one, just one. All right. Um, since I picked him out right to win, I'll say Phil Hawes. I know he's not a huge underdog, but like I think it's tough to trust his cardio and durability from a blank perspective. But I actually think that he's got pretty much every other advantage here. I think he's going to be a lot stronger, a lot more athletic than Daukus. And like, he, I think he could just control Daukus in the clinch. I think he could take him down, get in top, top position. Um, and we, I mean, like, I'm not super, I mean, I don't think Daukus has a bad chin, but like he could be hurt too, right? We saw him hurt by Brandon Allen twice. So, and we know Haas has heavy hands. So I think either guy could finish the other. Uh, but anyway, I, I think Dawes is just a little bit better. Uh, it's hard to trust his cardio and durability, but he would be the guy I would. Same. I actually, I, I picked him on the show with Marcel the other day too. I actually thought mm. after watching the tape, he looked to me like the more complete fighter, but we'll see. I mean, it, it could go either way. Um, my dog of the week. I mean, again, you know, there's a few that I'm looking at, but I was surprised. I'll just say this right now. I'm surprised Cerrone's at almost two to one right now. And Marone is a big underdog. I don't know about that. I think you kind of got to fade Cerrone, but we'll see. I haven't made any bets. I'll decide uh, tomorrow after the weigh-in. Okay, guys, uh, that's it for today's podcast. Appreciate you guys tuning in. AJ, plug your stuff, man. Let's get out of here. Yeah, AJ Shulo, contribute to Daily Fan MMA. I have multiple bets up for Bellator 258 and uh, UFC Vegas 26. Uh, you can subscribe to my content there, as well as betmma.tips backslash anthonys364. Um, thank you, Adam. Uh, cheers, brother, and best of luck to everybody. Oh, you killed it, AJ, man. Thanks again for, for joining me, man. Your, your knowledge is always uh, welcome on the podcast. Appreciate all you guys uh, joining us today for the show. If anyone asked uh, any questions, I appreciate that as well. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter, obviously, at Martin Podcast, maosmaker.com. It's on our YouTube, iTunes, a bunch of places. Um, I noticed the numbers are going up now, which is great, guys. That's what we want, man. You know, me, AJ, Marcel, and Cole, we're all putting a lot of work into this. So we really appreciate everyone tuning in. We only talk about MMA here. We don't talk about other stuff. Um, so I appreciate that. You guys can also find my work at uh, bjpen.com. 
MiamiNews.com, Spectation Sports. I have an article on Canelo Alvarez, Billy Joe Saunders. And then, of course, Elite Fantasy, Elite Sports Betting. I'm going to have my uh, DFS breakdown up for tomorrow with uh, my bets for the card. Been absolutely killing it, AJ. Another winning week, man. So I know what I'm talking about, man. I'm not some dummy. I've been doing this for a long time. Um, and uh, it's been going really well lately, AJ. So once again, man, thanks to everyone. And I'll talk to you.